The Oklahoma Sooners get set to take on the TCU Horn Frogs on Saturday at 11 a.m. We're going to talk through our keys to the game, what we think the biggest storyline is for the Oklahoma Sooners heading into this matchup, and we'll give you our Big 12 picks of the week as well on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Locked On Sooners. Today's episode is brought to you by Underdog. Sign up for underdogfantasy.com with the promo code Locked On and to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Again, Underdog, promo code Locked On, matched up to $100. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. My buddy here is Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at JoshOnRef. You can also hear him Monday through Friday from 9 to noon on 94.7 The Ref in Norman. Josh, it's almost game day. The best way to wash away the bad aftertaste that we have from Kansas State and David Hicks is to go play a football game on Saturday in Fort Worth. You know, we uh, I should give proper credit where credit's due. Chris Plank is who mentioned this on the air early today on the radio side. And he's right. You know, now with the David Hicks news being what it wound up being for Oklahoma and obviously with, you know, how the – Kansas State game played out. I mean, assuming that things go well in Fort Worth, the number one thing that this fan base needs is just to see this team get back out, play, and win a football game, right? I mean, they just need that tonic of positivity. Yeah, it could be quite cleansing if the Oklahoma Sooners perform like we saw them against Nebraska. Can say Even if they just go out there and get the win, I think it'll – kind of ease a lot of people's kind of frustrations and maybe fears. I mean, depending on how this game goes, it'll help kind of set the tone for the rest of the season, especially with a return trip to the Metroplex the following week against Texas. So it, there's a lot to recover from, from this week, both on the field and then on the recruiting trail. But again, you go out and you win a game, you do so in a, in a decisive fashion, even if it's not a 30 point blowout, but you win pretty comfortably then people will feel a little bit better about where things are headed. I don't anyth- I don't think anybody's hitting the panic button at all. I don't think anybody's doubting what Brent Venables is going to do uh, with the Oklahoma Sooners, but I think it still is like, it's just a gut punch, right? Like not that the two things are tied together. I saw you tweet this out, you know, just the other day and I, I wholeheartedly agree. Like they're not connected, but we're going to connect them because it's, you know, it's a one, two to the gut and then a you know roundhouse to the, to the chin that you took in the last few days. And so, yeah, get out there, face a TCU team that's right now 3-0, and even though they haven't played the, the best competition. It's a team that's pretty talented. Um, where are you kind of sitting right now for the Oklahoma Sooners as they, as they head into this matchup? What's kind of maybe one of your biggest concerns for this team? My biggest concern is that what we saw last week versus Kansas State is more truthful in terms of what this defense is versus what we saw against, you know, UTEP, Kent State, and Nebraska combined. That's really that's my that's my fear, right? That's my biggest concern with Oklahoma is that unfortunately K-State has found some cracks or exposed said cracks in Oklahoma. And we've talked about it ad nauseum or you know in detail this week that Max Duggan 
He's he's not Adrian Martinez with the way that he runs the football, but don't kid yourself and think that TCU is not going to come into this football game and at least early take a couple of looks at, okay, well, you know, this thing worked out pretty good for K-State last week. Let's see how it works out for us. So he can run the football, and if Oklahoma – if that was, again, more of who Oklahoma really is, then, man, that that that's scary going into this game. Yeah, I've been looking at the stats all week for for TCU put together, you know, my by the numbers piece for Sooners Wire. And just as I'm kind of breaking down, like what the quarterback has done, what Quentin Johnston's done, I'm looking at him like, okay, Max Duggan hasn't run a lot. Quentin Johnston hasn't caught a lot of passes. What was my big kind of level? Where, where did I get my most confidence going into the Kansas state game, it's that Adrian Martinez wasn't completing a lot of balls down the field. And what did he come out and do against Oklahoma completed a ton of balls down the field. So what am I fully expecting from Max Duggan this week to run the ball and run it effectively, or at least attempt to run the ball effectively He He hasn't carried the ball on design runs very much this season. I think he's got just 11 designed runs, one scramble. So only 12 total carries coming into the year or coming into this week. Sorry. And then Quentin Johnson's only caught nine passes on the season. Now they haven't needed him a whole lot, you know, against Colorado, against Tarleton State. You're not going to necessarily need your best player to go out there and have a eight reception game for 170 yards and a, a couple touchdowns. You don't need that. You can win without having to play him a ton. You can play some other guys, get them opportunities, and not have to rely on that guy. So I fully anticipate seeing a lot of Quentin Johnston this week. Get, seeing him get close to double digit targets to really test this Oklahoma Sooner secondary with arguably their biggest test of the season. Um, I think that TCU will try to expose some of the things that Kansas state did. They're going to really test whether or not Oklahoma has kind of corrected some of the things that they got exposed on in the read option game by Adrian Martinez and Deuce Vaughn. Now, again, Max Duggan, he doesn't run the ball in the same way that Adrian Martinez does, but he's an effective runner. Kendra Miller is a good running back. He's may not be the same level of runner that Deuce Vaughn is, but he's definitely a, a guy that's capable of breaking big runs on you. If you're not paying attention to him. So they're going to be stressed. They're going to be threatened in the running game. And I know that Sonny Dykes is going to come up with a really good game plan to attack this Oklahoma Sooners defense. And I agree with you. That's kind of the biggest area of concern for me is how the defense responds to getting hit in the mouth by Kansas state. Do they rebound in a way that shows that, okay, Last week was an aberration. We're still a really strong defensive unit that does hone in on the details. And I think that's what the coaching staff has been trying to preach all week is just honing in on the details, doing your job, focusing on your assignment and not trying to do more than what you're asked to do. So I, that'll be the big key, I think, for how the rest of this season goes. TCU's offense statistically heading into this game looks pretty good. Again, they haven't really played anybody that's going to have the caliber of defense that Oklahoma is going to roll out on the field. At least we assume that Oklahoma's defense is better than Colorado's and SMU's and Tarleton State's. I think it's safe to assume that. But how much better is going to be the question? And how well Oklahoma's defense performs in this game really sets the tone for the rest of the season. Yeah, really just this game in general, right? I mean, what happens in this one is, because you're coming on the heels of that Kansas State loss, I mean, and you got, you know, you're staring down the barrel of Texas the following week. I mean, lose this one and things can really come off the rails for you, but stabilize here and win this thing and play well doing it. 
and all of a sudden I think you can go down to the Cotton Bowl and kind of feel like, you know, okay, maybe the Kansas State game was an aberration. Something that you touched on there, man, yeah, if I'm TCU, like, obviously I'm going to try and run the quarterback because our quarterback is somebody that can run, and I saw Oklahoma really struggle mightily against that just a week ago, right? Just mixing that dual threat in with the quarterback. But something you touched on, Quinn Johnston, I mean, went bonkers in this game. I know that it was lopsided in favor of Oklahoma last year, but the one thing that was great for TCU was the seven receptions and buck 85 that Quentin Johnston had in the three touchdowns. And he looked like somebody that Oklahoma simply couldn't match up with. So if I'm TCU, you know, was it you last week or, you know, somebody mentioned to me recently, you know, football just sometimes don't overthink it. Just, just keep it simple. And the simple thing for TCU this week John would seem to be to me, okay, let's throw it to the guy that had almost 200 yards last year. Yeah, that's got to be a big part of the game plan. You don't want to force feed it. You don't want to force it if Oklahoma's coming out and they're going to double coverage or provide double coverage or bracket Quentin Johnson on the outside. But I'm going to make Oklahoma do that. Like if I'm Sonny Dykes, I'm going to start the first play of the game and I'm going to throw a wide receiver screen out to Quentin Johnson and just see if Oklahoma's up to the task of tackling my biggest, strongest athlete out on the perimeter. Because that's a guy that can set the tone for your offense on a day when you you're hosting the higher ranked team, the favorite, you want to set the tone early, get the ball out to your biggest, strongest guy offensively and see if Oklahoma's going to be up for the chat up for the task. All right, coming up on the other side of this, we'll talk some about some maybe some of our concerns, more keys, but we'll touch on the offensive side of the football as well. But first, I want to talk to you all about Underdog. It's a great place to get in on some fantasy football. It's really fun because you can go and you can pick players up to five, anywhere from two to five players, pick the high or low on the yardage total that they provide, and you might be able to win. So you can pick Dylan Gabriel's yardage, Eric Gray's rushing yardage, Marvin Mims, or if you want to go outside the box and go with Drake May from North Carolina or uh, Bryce Young at Alabama, you can pick any team that uh, or any player that Underdog has got listed there. Use our promo code Locked On, one word Locked On, and you'll get one hundred deposit or sorry, one hundred dollars matched on your first deposit, up to one hundred dollars matched on your first deposit over at underdogfantasy.com or on their fantasy app in the app store or google play store again that's underdog fantasy promo code locked on get in on the college football pick them action today okay josh let's continue breaking down tcu what if any concern do you have about the offense heading into this game um you know, I probably would like to see the offensive line continue to just go out and bully somebody. I think we've seen that in bits and pieces in spurts for OU. I don't know that we've seen it for 60 minutes for OU. In fact, I know we haven't seen it for 60 minutes for OU so far this season. So, you know, call it a concern or call it a want to. I guess it's a little bit of both for Oklahoma to just see that coalesce for the Sooners. I mean, again, you talk about in in bits and pieces – you know, why Why does it take, you know, until the second half for Eric Gray to get loose, right? I, I want to see just the, the consistency there, which really starts up front with the offensive line in the run game. So that would be one thing. And then, man, you know, based on the way last week played out, I think the other thing that obviously has to come to mind, and you almost feel guilty saying it because the guy played a good game, but we, you've got the throws that need to be made and can be made. 
I want those throws to be made this week on the road uh, against TCU. Yeah, this is a game where Marvin Mims has played pretty well the last couple of seasons, and I fully expect him to have another big game. The TCU defense, they're struggling. They gave up more than 370 passing yards to Tanner Mordecai last week against SMU. And so I, I expect Dylan Gabriel to have a big game, and Marvin Mims is going to be a big part of that. I, I fully anticipate Mims to have another 100-yard game in this one where he does catch a couple long passes. But again, he's going to be effective in the short to intermediate part of the game, the off the pass offense as well. I think that's that's important. Like see Dylan Gabriel convert on third down clutch situations. He's been really good in two minute situations during the season so far. I want to see him, you know, hitting on on some of those kind of half two plays. Like you have third and seven, you have third and ten, you need a conversion. Dylan Gabriel's gonna connect on that one. I think it would go a long way to kind of easing a lot of people's fears heading into the Red River Showdown if he does have one of those kind of very efficient hits all the marks. Even if he's not over 300 yards, but say he you know throws for 225 to 250, 70% completion percentage, and you don't come away thinking, man, he really missed a wide open one there. You know, like if you just come away, you can come away feeling better about it, even if he doesn't have the same stat line that he did a week ago, just based on the way it looks on the field. The offensive line, I think is a huge key going into this one. You know, they're so TCU talking with Steven Simcox of locked on horn frogs. You know, he really talked about how they're going to be playing a lot of Ben don't break defense. And Oklahoma is going to be able to get yardage on them. Now what's going to happen when they get down into the red zone, when you get into the, the short area of the field, it makes it a lot more difficult to pass when you're inside the 20 yard line, because you have, less space to threaten the defense. A guy like Marvin Mims, who's going to force defenders to respect his downfield ability. It kind of takes it away a little bit because he doesn't have as much room to threaten. Well, that means the offensive line is going to have to blow open holes for the running game and win in the red zone. I mean, they're going to have to win all over the field, but in particular in the red zone, you can't get into the red zone and then stall out because the offensive line isn't winning. They run a three, three, five. We've seen a lot of that in the big 12 over the years. This shouldn't be a scheme that's too difficult for Oklahoma to block up. But it's just, again, converting in key situations, in scoring situations. That's going to be huge for Oklahoma. And then cutting down on some of the mental miscues, the false starts. If if they can start playing cleaner football, I'll feel a lot more comfortable and confident about this team moving forward. Because, man, it was so frustrating last week to watch this team with ease move across the 50-yard line only to stall out because of their own mistakes, not because of anything Kansas State was doing necessarily, but because they were just jumping the gun a little bit too early. So that's going to be key for me. All right, keys to the game, Josh. We're going to look at both the offense and the defense. Let's start on the offensive side of the football since that's where we're talking right now. What is kind of like your biggest key to this game for Oklahoma Sooners to come away with a win? I don't know if maybe – you know, Oklahoma can win the game without doing this, but I just think in a, a fast offensive start, you know, any kind of points on the first drive or the first two drives for Oklahoma, I, I think is kind of imperative to keep the crowd out of the, you know, out of this football game down in Fort Worth. I mean, obviously then you kind of, you stack on what happened last week. So just complimentary. And, and you know, that's really, I'm, I'm going to say both sides of the football that right defensively, 
don't allow TCU to just come out and go right up down, right up and down the field and into the end zone. I mean, we've seen that back to back weeks from Nebraska and Kansas State. And obviously, then you coincided it with, you know, offensively at Nebraska. You, you didn't score on your first drive and the first couple of drives versus K State. Same story there. And you fall, fall behind 14 to nothing. If something similar happens against TCU with that crowd, with the, the animosity, the venom, uh, for an Oklahoma program like this, knowing that kind of maybe they've got the champ down a little bit in the Sooners this week, then uh, to me, that's just a recipe for disaster. Yeah, start fast. I think that's going to be key on both sides of the football. Uh, yeah, offensively, some of it is just being tighter, like playing a tighter football game, not having the mental miscues, not having the misses, uh, You know, being able to be more effective in the running game early in the game because we saw what they were able to do in the second half. That's part of that starting fast thing is getting off to a great start running the football. We know Jeff Levy wants to run the football, so we need to be more effective doing it in the first half. I want to see a guy like Jaleel Farouk continue to build on what he's done the last couple of weeks. He's really started to shine in this offense. Can he take it to another level? You know all the attention is going to be focused on Marvin Mims. Theo Weiss is starting to kind of come into his own this season as well. Can Jaleel Farouk kind of go to that next level? I, I think he was just, he's just on the verge of that big, big performance where he goes over a hundred yards, has a couple of touchdowns, you know, five, six catches. It's just a, a couple things that just haven't connected. Um, but I think he's starting to play really, really good football. And that's, that's something I want to see offensively on the defensive side of the football. You have to get pressure. Max Duggan is going to let you sack him. Sacked five times last week in Dallas against SMU. This is going to be a great week for your defense to get off the schneid and find who they are, find, find their identity again. Remember that they are a team that's predicated on pressure and creating loss in the backfield. They have to do that this week. I think they can. I think they're going to be able to affect things in the running game and in the passing game with their pass rush. But if they're not, that's going to be pretty alarming. But I think that's going to be huge is getting those guys up front, getting after Max Dugan and bringing him down. Not just, it's not just enough to provide pressure because we saw Adrian Martinez under pressure at times last week, but it didn't really affect the game very much. He continued to make a lot of plays. So effective pressure, getting either you know incomplete passes throw throwaways forcing turnovers or getting sacks effective pressure that's what we need from the Oklahoma Sooners defense this week anything else that you want to touch on before we move into the the rest of the Big 12 slate and we offer our prediction for Oklahoma Sooners versus TCU just both of the items that you mentioned right there i mean staying on schedule 11 penalties for 87 yards ain't going to cut it it didn't cut it at home versus Kansas State, and it sure as heck won't cut it on the road uh, down there at TCU. And, you know, you you talk about last week, the, the pressure department, zero sacks, right? Zero sacks for a defense that had been really, really disruptive and just four TFLs for a defense that I believe was averaging maybe nine going into that Kansas State game. It was, it was right in that wheelhouse. If it wasn't nine, it was eight and a half or somewhere right in that neighborhood. Bottom line is they got half of what they were averaging on the season Oklahoma – and Adrian Martinez, you know, as much as it was, hey, he's going to run the football 21 times, John, he threw 34 passes last week. So the fact that you didn't sack him once, yes, is alarming for Oklahoma, and that needs to obviously be much, much better. 
All right, let's turn our attention to the Big 12. We do this every week on the final segment of the week as we get ready for another fantastic college football weekend. Any weekend or any Saturday in the fall is just going to be a great weekend. Hopefully it's so for the Oklahoma Sooners. Let's look at what Bet Online has to say about this weekend's matchups. We'll start with the hated and dreaded Kansas State Wildcats hosting the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Kansas State minus seven and a half point favorites over Texas Tech. Over under sitting at 57. Josh, what are your feelings about this game? I think it's going to be close, man. I, I don't see Kansas State just winning this thing by 10, 13 points or whatever. I think Texas Tech will give them a full game scare coming off their victory last week, uh, the Red Raiders over Texas. And I think Kansas State may be a little fat and happy coming off of the uh, performance down in Norman. I still like K-State to win. Uh, I do think this is uh, of the lower scoring variety. So I'll say I'll say Kansas State 27, Texas Tech 24. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. I think Texas Tech has been playing really good football. They play just close games. Even in their, their loss earlier in the season, it was a close matchup, if I remember right. So I like Texas Tech to – to be able to keep it close. Kansas state doesn't cover. I do think it also, I think it'll probably go over, but just over I'm looking at something like 31 to 28, you know, something like that. Kansas state gets the W at home continues their, you know, a resurgence in the big 12, but Texas deck does keep that one close. All right. Another, the, the key, the pivotal matchup, um, at least if you're looking at the preseason schedule, um, as things stand now, Oklahoma State travels to face the Baylor Bears in Waco, a rematch of the Big 12 championship game from a year ago. Baylor is laying two and a half points to the Cowboys. Over under is 56 and a half. Josh, where are you leaning? I didn't think I would have said this uh, in the offseason, but I like Oklahoma State to win the game. I think right now they're the better football team of Oklahoma State and Baylor. So, uh, you know, the fact that they got a head on the road to go get this one. I'm not deterred by it. I think Spencer Sanders right now is clearly the better quarterback of the two and the type of quarterback play that Oklahoma state's getting from him. It's been flat out impressive. It's been the best quarterbacking of Spencer Sanders career. He's kind of been an, an up and down sort of guy, but right now he's not been that he looks like somebody that I don't know, you know, just, just want a fiesta ball right over Notre Dame. I mean, he looks like that guy right now. So I'm taking Oklahoma state. I think there'll be, uh, some points both ways. I'm looking kind of like you said about K-State, Texas Tech. I'm in that same wheelhouse, 30 to 27. So that would just, just sneak over. Yeah, I, I don't, it's, this is a tough one for me to pick because I think Dave Aranda just finds a way to win football games, uh, especially over the last couple of years. Did it in the Big 12 championship game, you know, last year against Oklahoma State with Blake shaping at quarterback, just making one of his first couple of starts. But yeah, I'm with you, man. I, I'm, I'm very quarterback driven and Spencer Sanders is playing at a different level than we've ever seen him play. And I've always been reluctant to buy in to what Spencer Sanders is doing. Uh, I didn't, after the Oklahoma game, I was like, oh, Spencer Sanders played the game of his life against Oklahoma last year. And then he went and played the game of his life against Notre Dame. And then this season he's off to a fantastic start for the Cowboys. So I, I like Oklahoma state, especially if you're giving me points, give me Oklahoma state. Cause I think they do score a lot of points in this one. And I'm with you. I'm going to take the over 
similar to what I picked with, you know, Texas Tech, Kansas State, probably going to be something like 34-30. I do think Baylor and Blake Shapin are going to be able to score in this one, but I think ultimately it'll come down to Spencer Sanders, his athletic ability to get outside the pocket, make plays with his legs, and avoid that really, really good Baylor defensive front. But give me the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Give me the over on this one. Um, the game that I might even most be more intrigued by, and it's this one. It's Iowa State going on the road to Lawrence to face the Kansas Jayhawks. Iowa State is a three-point favorite in this one, which was really interesting to me. I mean, Iowa State's defense is playing really, really good football right now. But Kansas, man, it's just hard to ignore what they're doing, and it's hard to it's hard to bet against them at this point, especially with what the offense is doing. The over-under on this one's 59 points. Josh, what do you think? Kansas might already believe that Kansas is good, right? I think the nation is starting to think that. Uh, I think Big 12 circles, uh, is, you know, that aren't in Manhattan, Kansas, are starting to think that about the Jayhawks. This would be the win, though, that I think would truly cement that to the Jayhawks that, oh, okay, yeah, no, we're a pretty good football team. I like Kansas to get this game at home. I think offensively they're unlike anything Iowa State uh, has seen so far, and that's impressive considering the fact that obviously Iowa State just saw Baylor a week ago, and I would have thought that Baylor is going to be you know one of the top offenses in this league. Right now I think Kansas is a better offense than Baylor. So I like KU as a home dog to win this game at home. I do think there's going to be points both ways. I think this – to me this is – an easy over in this football game. I think Deckers puts points on the board. I think Daniels outduels him. I'm looking, it'll be hard fought, but I'm thinking 38, 31, 38, 34, Kansas, something like that. I mean, definitely over though. Yeah. I'm not picking against Kansas anymore. Like Jalen Daniels, he's getting all the Heisman love from me uh, in the college wires uh, voting, the Heisman voting, just cause he's just playing great football. Like that win against Duke, like he was surgical and near, dang perfect in that football game against i mean duke's defense it's not very good and houston's defense isn't great west virginia's defense isn't great but they got some playmakers this to me i think you mentioned it but this is kind of the one this is the game if daniels and kansas can come away with a win and put points up on the board i think everybody's gonna have to start believing at that point I think they get it done. I think Lance Leipold's really got something cooking in Lawrence right now. And Jalen Daniels, he's one of the best football players in the country at the moment. Who knows what could change, but he's playing as well as any quarterback in the country at the moment. And so I'm going to go with Jalen Daniels. I just think Kansas just finds a way to get it done. I think it's going to be the over as well. I think they'll hit the over. A lot of points going to be scored in this one, but it's going to be a really fun game to watch. That takes us to the primetime game in Big 12 play. The West Virginia Mountaineers going on the road to take on the Texas Longhorns. Texas coming off a huge loss in Lubbock a week ago. West Virginia coming off the big win in Blacksburg a week ago over Virginia Tech. Texas is a nine-point favorite, the over-under 63. Josh? Again, I mean, I feel like I do this most every week. I'm taking Texas because of the skill talent to win the football game, but I do think this has upset potential written all over it with West Virginia. I mean, it's not going to shock me if straight up West Virginia wins this football game once it's all said and done. I mean, JT Daniels is doing some nice things for the Mountaineers. They're obviously coming off of, as you mentioned, that big win over Virginia Tech. Not that, you know, Virginia Tech's any any victory to, 
you know, really ride home about in a big way, but it was the fashion in which West Virginia won that game in the second half that was so impressive about it. And, and the, you know, now each passing day that loss to Kansas looks like it's not, it's, it's less and less egregious, right? So I'm starting to just feel like, you know, West Virginia is a pretty good football team. I think they'll keep this thing close and within two scores. I would take West Virginia and the points over under. I mean, man, it's going to be right at it. I guess, uh, I guess I'm probably, again, kind of coming just a little bit underneath that. 31-27 Texas, but I think West Virginia is going to have a chance to win this game. And again, it wouldn't shock me if they did. Oklahoma State lane six points. Josh, what are you what are you thinking on this one? Man, that's uh, that over under. They they're really expecting some points from these two offenses. Obviously, uh, you know both offenses so far have been have been good, have been very impressive. So I can certainly understand you know why that over under is set where it's at. I just, I don't know, man. I just, maybe I'm crazy, but I, I kind of see there being some defensive plays made, at least by Oklahoma in, in this one. I don't think Oklahoma is going to get exposed the same way that they did last week defensively. I expect the pressure on the quarterback to resemble more of kind of what we've seen from the Sooners. Uh, and I do like Oklahoma to cover the number and win this thing by a couple of scores going into the Cotton Bowl. I just think that coming off of the loss, I'm not selling all of my Oklahoma shares just yet. I'm still keeping some of my shares in Dylan Gabriel and in Oklahoma. I'm thinking uh, I'm thinking 37, 24, something like that for the Sooners where it's, you know, TCU gets theirs in, in bits and pieces. But generally speaking, Oklahoma much, much better defensively. Offense does, uh, you know, a lot of positive things once again. So I like Oklahoma to win the game by a couple of scores. And uh, I, what would that be? I, that, that, that would go under, right? Yeah, so that's kind of where, where I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm also going the under, but I'm like, actually, I'm, I'm, I've got the push. Uh, my prediction, you know, 38-31 Oklahoma. I'm kind of in a prove-it mode with this defense right now. I got to see you do it. And against better competition, uh, Kansas State exposed a lot of things that I think TCU could take advantage of in this week. And both teams are going to want to play at a, kind of a faster pace which I think lends itself to a higher scoring game, but I don't think that they're going to hit the over. So it's going to be a push. So for me, avoid the over under altogether, uh, but definitely take Oklahoma minus a six. I think they do win this one by at least a touchdown, if not more, but I'm, I'm kind of like, let's see what this defense can do uh, to rebound. I, I do think that they will, but I'm just kind of, I don't know. I'm hedging a little bit because I'm just not so sure that, that TCU is not going to be able to, score to keep up it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the oklahoma kansas state game from a year ago where oklahoma's offense was good they were able to score some points oklahoma's defense really hadn't found itself yet that season and skylar thompson and deuce vaughn were able to able to do some things and i think it's going to be similar this year where max duggan and kendra miller are going to be able to do some things quentin johnson as well on the outside as oklahoma continues to really strive to find its identity I think this is going to be one of those weeks where TCU just is going to be able to score some points, but we'll see some splash plays from the Oklahoma defense, but I think it's going to take a, a really good game uh, for Oklahoma to, to win this one offensively. And then Oklahoma will make some plays down the stretch. Like they seem to do generally speaking uh, on the defensive side of the football that ultimately wins this game for the Sooners. And that's going to do it for today's episode of locked on Sooners. Thanks so much for tuning in. 
We are free and available on all podcast platforms. Make sure you go subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Go hit us up on YouTube as well. Let us know what your prediction is for this game, your score prediction, whether or not you take the over under that was set at 69 as well. What's the big 12 game that you're most looking forward to watching? I, I said it was Kansas, Iowa State. Josh, is there a big 12 game that you're most looking forward to watching? It's probably that one. Yeah, I just want to see if the, the Jayhawks can keep it rolling. You know, you know, I say that the, the, the entire Big 12 slate this week is incredible. And I think we're going to say that more than once the rest of the way here. Just because, again, you know, Oklahoma right now doesn't look like this immovable object. Honestly, as good as Oklahoma State has looked, I'm not sure that they're, they are an immovable object. Having said the Kansas-Iowa State thing, I'm, I'm backtracking here. I think it's Oklahoma State-Baylor just in terms of, you know, what this conference ultimately is going to shake out the rest of the way. So I'm most looking forward to that outside of uh, obviously Oklahoma's opportunity to try and rebound. So hit us up this weekend, fellas and uh, ladies out there too, on the social media, as you're watching the game, you can see right there. If you're watching on YouTube at John nine Williams for John on Twitter, I'm at Josh on ref. And of course, everybody can interact with us at locked on Sooners out there. We'd, Love to uh, interact with you as you're watching the game, and we, we can do that uh, in live real time for you. Yep, and we're looking forward to it. So Saturday, 11 a.m. kickoff in Fort Worth on ABC. Make sure you're tuned in and ready to roll. We'll have all of the breakdown after this one coming up next week. But for Josh Helmer, I'm John Williams. We'll catch you then. Boomer Sooner.